Hey, good morning. It's good to be with you on this uh, wonderful uh, Tuesday morning as we continue in our time together studying James. I'm glad that you've taken a few minutes to be with us now for these next 10 minutes. We're going to be, uh, we're starting chapter five, so we're not, we're not much longer away from finishing up James. I've heard some feedback that many of you have enjoyed our time together in James, and so I appreciate that. I've enjoyed it as well, James. As I've said to you many times, James is one of my favorite books in the Bible, so I'm glad that you've, um, you've had a good time unpacking James with us these last few weeks. So we have about three more uh, sections today, um, tomorrow, and then one more after that, and we'll probably then go back to the Old Testament. You know, we've kind of fallen into a pattern that I like of a a New Testament book, and then an Old Testament book, a New Testament, Old Testament. So I don't know where we'll go next. Um, I'll have a few days to think about it. Uh, you know, we went to a prophet, so I, I don't know that we'll go back to a prophet. We'll see. We may. Um, prophets are fun. We may we may spend a few weeks in, in the Psalms. I love the Psalms, so we may spend some time there. But we'll um, we'll figure it out. Uh, you know, um, we'll figure out where we're going to the Old Testament next. So but today we're in James chapter five. We'll read verse five. Um, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. I mentioned before to you before um, that uh, when I was in seminary, I did a big exegetical paper on James, and the passage that I studied specifically was this James uh, 5, um, 1 through 6, and it always has stuck with me through the years. It's a very interesting passage, as you'll see when we get to it. But James um, 5, 1 through 6. Come now, you rich people. Weep and wail for the miseries that are coming to you. Your riches have rotted and your clothes, your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be evidence against you. It will eat up your flesh like fire. You have laid waste, you've laid up treasure for the, the last days. Listen, the wages of the, of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you have kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in pleasure. You have fattened your hearts on the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous one who did not resist you. Okay, so we see, you know, James James speaks unapologetically um, quite often about partiality and about the dangers of wealth and of things such as that. So we read this passage, and it's interesting how... We in the West read this versus the first century original audience of this. And frankly, um, our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. Um, it's important to always remember context within Scripture. So the context of which we're reading, but it's also important for us to remember our context where we find ourselves. We live in 21st century America. We live, I live in Madison, Mississippi. I live in a suburban area. Um... I live a life of upper middle class affluence, for lack of a better word. I'm not as wealthy as, as some folk, but I'm doing a lot better than most people historically. And frankly, most of us are. You know how I know that? Because you're watching this video on a computer or you're listening to a podcast on your phone. You, you may be watching this on your smart TV or reading this on your computer like we... All of the technology that we use to communicate this, this reflection is, frankly, very modern, very Western, very affluent. You know, I'm recording this on, I'm creating a little podcast studio upstairs at the church right now. I mean, like, you know, we got, you know, we live life of, of relative comfort. So we read this, I read this as a warning for how I use my affluence. 
Am I the wealthy? Am I the one whose riches have rotted and my clothes are moth eaten? Am I the one? Am I the one whose gold and silver will have rusted, and their rust will be evidence against me? Is, is that where I am in this? And quite often we read this in in that regard. Most of us do. Um, that was not how the uh, the earliest church read this. They would have um, seen verse six. Well, verse. Verse five, verse four, where it talks about how the way the, the wages of the laborers uh, have cried out. Um, the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived in the, in, on the earth in luxury and in pleasure. You fatten your hearts in the day of slaughter. You know how the early church would have read that? They were the laborers whose wages were denied them. They were the harvesters who um, did not get paid. They were... Well, verse 6 says, you have condemned and murdered the righteous one who does not resist you. In other words, that, that's a reference to Jesus. But also, in this world, the righteous one would have been the Christians who were being not paid and were being oppressed. So, we read this as a, in our 21st century American lenses quite often. It's very tempting for us to read this in terms of uh, warning the judgment for how we use our resources. By the way, it's a good reading. There's nothing wrong with reading in that way. That that's very a very good reading. But in their original ears, they would have heard this as um, the Lord sees, the Lord's aware. And yes, you may have been robbed. Your rich oppressor, your rich employers, may not have paid you the wages you were owed. They may not have um, paid you what you have seen, but their ill-gotten gain, their money that they have made off of you, that money will rot against them, and it will actually be the witnesses against them. The fact that they have taken what was yours and have profited from it and have not given you what you you were owed, that ill-gotten gain will, in fact, be the witness to testify to their wickedness. That will be the testimony of their wickedness. So it's easy for us sometimes to hear this passage as a passage of, of judgment for us sometimes. But remember the first audience, it was, a, it was a passage that God was on their side. That God heard their cries. That God will bring judgment. And that God will bring punishment towards those who steal and harm and keep from others what is rightfully theirs. That God does hear the cry of the poor and the impoverished. And that God does hear their pleas. That God, God does not turn a blind eye to our suffering. And that's important, I think, for us to hear today. No matter where we find ourselves. No matter, because once again, the reality is every one of us, if you're watching this video, if you're listening to this podcast, then in the scope of of human history, we are among the top percent to have ever lived. That's just reality, y'all. That's even reality in the world in which we find ourselves now. So we are fortunate if we're taking use of these modern technologies to do these type things. So we need to be aware of that. But likewise, we need to also hear the words of James here, where God does see the suffering of his people. And God does see the, the harm 
calls to his people and that God is not blind to their suffering and that God is not blind to their pain and that God is not blind to what they're going through. So today, wherever you find yourself, know that God is aware. And no matter what suffering or pain or troubles or trials you may be going through, God is fully aware of that, y'all. God is not blind to what you're going through. He isn't. The Lord of heaven sees. The Lord of heaven knows. God understands. And God will rescue his people. I think that's always one of the key takeaways from the prophets, from passages like this in James, from the book of Revelation, is that God sees what his people are going through. God hears their cries, and God will bring justice to their cries. So we live in a world sometimes that feels unjust, don't we? We do. We live in a world where evil seems to win. We live in a world where things seem to be going wrong. We, seem, we live in a world where it's so easy for us to give in to fear or hatred or whatever. But Scripture teaches us over and over and over again that God sees our pain. God sees our world. And God will make all things right. God will make all things right. So we can trust in the fact, y'all, that we have a divine judge whose name is Jesus. And if we're found in him, we have nothing to fear. And that no matter what we go through, no matter how bad it may feel, no matter how bad it may seem, God sees. God knows. And God will make all things right. So today, to these who are keeping the wages from those who are working, James says God sees. And God will make right. So if you are dealing with that, God sees and God makes right. So today, let's make sure that we're dealing fairly with everyone. Let's make sure that we are honest in our interpersonal dealings and our finances, let's make sure we're honest. Let's also know that when we're going through difficult days and difficult seasons and feel battered down and beaten down, God sees, God knows, and God cares. So today, let's do right by each other. Let's do right by each other. Let's know that in the end, God will do right by us. And that's our hope. So let's do right by each other. Let's know that God will do right by us. And if we do that, if we have that hope, all will be well. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about my section's pain and suffering. So we're going to see that sometimes things get hard. And God's with us. Thanks for joining us as we finish up, James. And I will pick up uh, tomorrow morning in Chapter 5. Thanks for being with us.